In the 1940s, the warden of Alcatraz prison, James Johnson, hosted a Christmas Day party at his house. Members of the staff from Alcatraz showed up to celebrate the season. During the festivities, a phantom figure with mutton-chop whiskers and who was wearing a dapper gray suit appeared out of nowhere. The room suddenly grew cold, and the fire was inexplicably blown out. The apparition stayed in the room for about a minute, and when he disappeared, the room's temperature returned to normal, and the fire restarted. Needless to say, the holiday celebration quickly ended with all the partygoers leaving the warden's home immediately. Happy holidays, all you guys and ghouls out there in the icy hinterlands. Rock here, along with my co-host with the most, Maxie, and tonight we're sitting in front of the fire having a mug of the finest whiskey. Well, Max is. I'm having some eggnog with some Jameson cold brew whiskey with a hint of cinnamon thrown in. Regardless of what we're drinking, we're about to drop a few ghost stories on this Christmas Eve for you fine folks. Merry Christmas. Welcome, everyone. Damn, Rock, that's a very specific drink you got right there. Mm, it's very festive. Tis the season, after all. If you've been listening to us for a while, you know that we like to do our part to carry on the old tradition of telling ghost stories on Christmas Eve. We're nothing if not traditional. So here we are. <laughs> five seasons into this podcast. Yay us. Crazy, man. Crazy, right? I mean, who'd have thought? You know, it's been a relatively good year, I guess, you know, for the most part. True. Good in some ways. Obviously difficult in others. Yep, yep. Let's not drown ourselves in celebration and or misery. No, those two things don't go together, Maxie. At least not for yours, truly. Exactly. So forget all that, and let's get to telling some tales. Mm-hmm. Cutting to the chase. And I know you got a good one, amigo, so let's hear it. In a village in northern Germany, near Hanover, there's a house that used to be haunted. This goes without saying. But eventually, exorcists were summoned in order to banish the uncanny guest. The first exorcist was unable to do so, for he had no power over the ghost. But soon, another exorcist arrived, who defeated the ghost. The haunt begged and pleaded, but to no avail, and he was banished into a nearby hill. This hill is reputed to be haunted to this day. An old woman from the town related the following story. My father watched over the horses grazing there one evening. It was very dark, and when the bells struck twelve he wanted to go home. So he threw the bridle over the horse that was next to him. However, as he looked closer, he saw that he had caught a wholly unknown creature. My father was overcome by fear and unable to move from the spot. The apparition only vanished 
once he had uttered the Lord's Prayer. All right, so this ghost was banished from the house into a nearby hill. And that's how you get haunted hills, everybody. Yeah, the ancient world was strange and full of mystery, Rock. Yep, yep, you ain't lying. Okay, so actually, this sort of banishing a spirit to another place was a rather common practice in Germany in olden times. When exercising a spirit, you would banish them into another place or thing. Often a natural place, like a tree or a lake, or as in this case, a hill. Uh Uh-huh, and like we said, that's how haunted forests are made, but that's neither here nor there. You know, but it seems like that ghost has something, you know, of a shape-shifting ability, too. Kind of turned itself into a horse. Brings the Irish puka to mind right off. I thought that as well. And maybe it wasn't a ghost after all, but a nix or something. uh, Or some kind of puka-like spirit. Yep, definitely. Some kind of non-human face spirit in any case. Indeed. And, you know, the Lord's Prayer. And you gotta have the Lord's Prayer in the back pocket. It's like the ace in the hole. (laughs) Any port in a storm, as you like to say. Glad it worked in this case. True, true. Man, there have been many cases of folks being in some sort of supernatural peril and uh, dropping the Lord's Prayer. They have, like, all the activity seized, like dogmen encounters, UFO abductee situations, fey activity. Man, it all it all seems to work. And that's one to grow on, folks. <laughs> Got another story for us, Rock? You know I do. The Velisca Axe Murder House in Velisca, Iowa, is a well-known tourist attraction for ghost hunters and horror lovers alike. The site of a gruesome unsolved 1912 murder in which six children and two adults had their skulls completely crushed by the axe of an unknown perpetrator was purchased in 1994 and restored to its 1912 condition and converted into a tourist destination. It cost 428 bucks a night to stay at the old haunted house where visitors always report strange paranormal experiences, such as visions of a man with an axe roaming the halls or the faint screams of children. But in November 2014, the haunting took a darker turn. Robert Stephen Larson, Jr., age 37, of Rhinelander, Wisconsin, was on a regular recreational paranormal visit with friends when true horror struck. His companions found him stabbed in the chest an apparent self-inflicted wound, called 911, and Larson, who was brought to a nearby hospital before being helicoptered to Creighton University Medical Center in Omaha. The Montgomery County Sheriff's Office said Larson suffered the self-inflicted injury at about 12.45 a.m., which was about the time the 1912 axe murders in the house took place. Larson recovered from his injuries, but he has never spoken publicly about what occurred that day. For Martha Lynn, the owner of the home, The incident was very upsetting. It's publicity, but it's not exactly the kind of publicity you desire to have. I don't want people thinking that when they come to the Velisca Axe Murder House, something's going to happen that's going to make them do something like that. The house remains open for tourist visits and overnight stays to this day. Road trip! Oh, hell nah. Our people out in the hinterlands already know I don't want none of that work right there, Max. (laughs) 
You never want to take road trips, right? Come on, man. Dude, well, your road trips are always a fool's errand. Let's go fight Dogman. Let's go find the Goat Man. <laughs> Let's go to a haunted axe murder house. Uh-uh. You drive your damn self over there and let all of us out in the hinterlands know how it went. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Miss Lynn was like, we don't want people thinking, if you come to the axe murder house, you might get axe murdered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the last thing you want, you know, we're... We're just floating that direction for the tourists. We don't want any of that real axe murder yeah. action. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, everybody. But you know, I guess if one thing's true, I don't actually want to axe murder myself. Yeah, yeah, at least you're wise in that regard. And seriously, man, I Google this to make sure, and it, it literally is still available to stay at. So, again, Max, you feel like rolling that way? Let us know how it went. <laughs> no, thanks. I was just, All right. you know. Okay, Maxie, it is uh, your turn while I still have a few sips of this tasty adult-style holiday libation. On it. I'll go back in time a bit. So it's Delicious. less immediate in terms of scariness. Mm -hmm. So you know how babies born on Christmas are prone to becoming werewolves, right? Ah, werewolves of Christmas. Yes, I do. In Northeastern Europe, especially Poland, I think, it's, uh, it's thought that such kids or, or babies are more likely to become werewolves. Maxie, are you going to tell us a werewolf story? Yup. Well, sort of. This one's from Australia. Australia, where men are men and sheep are nervous. Settle down, Rock. That drink is getting to you. <laughs> we don't want to insult any of our four Australian listeners. Read on, amigo. A man claimed he was stalked by a terrifying dogman monster in the Australian outback. A fisherman named John claims he was petrified for a month after encountering the supposed half-dog, half-human creature on two separate occasions. Speaking on the Believe, Paranormal, and UFO podcast, the Aussie man insisted he was followed by what he has branded a dogman and claims he thought he was going to be killed. John was fishing from his kayak on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas, 2020, when he says the first incident happened. I noticed that every time I took a stroke with the paddle of my kayak, whatever this thing was, it was taking a stride to each paddle I was taking. I stopped for a bit, and the sound stopped in the bush, too and I thought it was a bit odd. So I took off paddling again, and sure enough, as soon as I started to paddle, every stroke, this thing would take a step. So whatever it was, this thing was following me. It wasn't a coincidence or anything, it was more of a stalk. Freaked out, John took a snap and claims he captured the dogman on camera. He claims to have gotten a picture and shown it to local experts who confirmed that it appears to be a dogman. After that, I couldn't go back to the area to check it out by myself. I was petrified for probably a month after it. I was waking up in the middle of the night and seeing the creature in my dreams. Although he was supposedly petrified, John did once again return to the bush for another fishing trip. He says he heard a bit of a bang followed by someone or something running. As it was running, it was smashing trees out of the way, he added. I don't know if they were breaking or it was hitting them. He 
couldn't see what the bush was like because it was so thick. He said the dogman then started to roar as he spent 10 minutes trying to escape back to the safety of his car. I'd never heard anything like it in my life, he said. It would roar, and then it would take a breath in, but the breath it was taking was actually louder than the roar it was doing. This creature went to another level, and it was crazy. I could hear in my head something saying, go now, or you're going to die. die. It wasn't my own voice, my own consciousness. It was something else. That 10 minutes was probably the longest in my whole life. I thought I was going to be killed. I had no weapons. I didn't even have my fishing knife and no phone service. He lost me when he said he went back on another fishing trip to the same area. (laughs) (laughs) You can't let the wolfman keep you away, right? That's Mm. how I know you're not a serious fisher. Totally, man. I'd rather be alive and not have the fish dinner or better yet, go to an Irish pub, have a brew and some local fish and chips. (laughs) No dogman action and, uh, you know, get some darts in as well. I have to say, though, and, you know... No dishonor to this guy, but I saw the pictures online or what were purported to be the pictures, and they don't seem exactly proof positive to me. Mm. That's too bad, man. I was going to ask you, of course, if this had been like a legit, super clear picture, I'm sure we all would have heard it by now. That's true. And fishermen are known for their fish tails, right? True, true. I liked, and I I also like how he said he didn't even have his fish knife. Bruh, that fish knife wasn't going to do you a damn bit of good if this thing's <laughs> yeah. inhalation of breath was louder than You're its You're not being roar. chased by a fish. Exactly. You know, hey, and, you know, no offense to our listeners out there who might be in the noble sport of fishing. We're not calling you all liars. Well, Max is, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm sure our listeners are entirely honest and credible. That sounded only slightly sarcastic, Maxie. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I didn't mean it to. I Honestly... I definitely trust our beloved listeners. You guys are good people. Which is why we want y'all's stories so much. I just want to say, yeah, guys, keep please sending send them in stories for our listeners' tales. Keep sending them in. That's going to be the first episode of next season. And we are Woo-hoo. prepping a new listener's tales episode, like I said, as we speak, which starts in mid-February, season six, everyone. Get ready. It's going to be so great. That it is, Maxie. All right, how about one more story for tonight, the night before Christmas? Tell it to us, Rock. Since you act so nicely. Back in the early part of the 17th century, a woman named Anne was set to get married on Bramshill House in Hampshire, England, on Christmas Day. Now, based on the tradition at the time, the wedding guests were to carry her to her bedchamber. But Anne wanted to do it a bit differently and told them that she wanted a five-minute head start and that the guests would have to find her. The guests looked hard for Anne, but nobody could find her. And eventually, rumors started to circulate that perhaps she had ran away. About 50 years after she vanished, her bridegroom, Lord Lovell, found a secret door in the house's attic, and inside of the room was a large wooden chest. 
When he opened the chest, he found the remains of Anne inside, still wearing her wedding dress and holding her mistletoe bouquet. There were scratch marks on the lid of the chest, indicating that she had tried desperately to escape her hiding spot, but unfortunately could not. Wow. Poor girl. And on her wedding day. And on Christmas, man. See y'all? Being hide-and-seek champion ain't all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> you know, unless maybe you're Sasquatch. Show is sad. That's why you don't change up traditions, man. Mm -hmm. They're there for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want to keep you folks up too late. Now you've had your bedtime stories, you're ready to sleep tight. And if you've had that adult beverage, it'll help you even more. I mean, remember, guys, Santa knows if you're awake. And uh, thanks for hanging out, everybody. And we hope y'all are having the happiest possible holiday season. We know it's rough out there, but uh, again, Indeed. we hope everything's at least palatable and cheery and bright right now. Gang, consider supporting the pod by going over to either buymeacoffee.com or Patreon. Your support is much needed and appreciated. That it is. Thanks in advance. And please join us on all the socials, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. As Max says, we'd love to hear from you. And don't forget the best bard in the business, Teresa Joy, gives us that amazing sound that so many of you have commented on. She good. Find and follow her at Vilebright on Facebook and Instagram. Hey gang, please head on over to whatever podcatcher you listen to your boys on and grant us that boom, the sacred and oh-so-important five-star review. Or do us one better and take the time to write a review. Help our pod get out there, y'all. And even though it's too late to get stuff before Christmas, feel free to go to our Tee Public store and buy all the stuff you've been wanting. Mm -hmm. Link is in the episode description. Finally, party people, head on over to our own damn website at nightmarespodcast.net to holler at your boys. Scroll on down, see the wolves, and let us know what you're thinking. We'd love to hear from you. Like Maxie said, it might be too late, but you can still pick up a bit of that holiday merch you've been eyeing. So, ladies and gents, as always, happy <laughs> holidays. Be good to each other, and... Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams. Sweet dreams.